0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the Phineas Club. This is episode 91 for July 2017. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Felix Club. We are in July 2017. Uh, This is episode 91. My name is Patrick Beja. I am currently in Finland, although I am French. It's 4 p.m. for me, and uh, I have gathered a super Avengers group of different people from around the world to let us know how things have been going in their corner of the globe uh, in the past month. First, the triumphant return of Turkey al How are you doing, good sir?
1: Hey, Patrick, I'm doing
0: well. It's been a while. Yes, it has. I'm very glad that you can uh, be back on the show now. Um, so it's 4 p.m. for you as well, um, yep. just to try and situate everyone on the globe. We sort of have an army of um old world people against one lone very uh, far away westerner that we're gonna get to right after we talk to bart who's in ireland how's how's it going bart it's four, uh, it's 2 p.m for you
2: it's 2, two p.m for me so i'm only two hours away from you guys uh, no th- things are good here yeah th- that's suspiciously succinct well, when we get on to my story, there will be some nuance to that. Um, it's but, kind of like, yeah. so when you're asking the question, how are you today? You're not, you don't really want
0: to know, right? You don't want people to go like, oh,
2: you know, my <laughs> my mother-in-law is doing stuff. Well, and like. No. Basically, the answer can be 10 seconds or 10 minutes. They're your only choices. <laughs> well, we'll get to the 10
0: minutes part uh, soon enough. Before that, though, uh, welcoming back after... A very long time, uh, Randy Jordan, Randy Deluxe from California. How's it going, good, sir?
3: Good morning. You said you had a team of Avengers, and then you, you pointed out I'm the only New World Avenger, so I guess <laughs> that makes me Captain America. I, I, have, to, <laughs> I have to live with being uh, Stephen Rogers this well, morning, I'll take it. <laughs>
0: We we all know that there are no superheroes in in Europe or the Middle East or anywhere except America. So you have to be all of them. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. you are mm-hmm. you know you incarnate the the multiplicity of the American people. You are Captain America and Tony Stark and the Hulk and Black Widow <laughs> and all of them.
3: Oh wow! I I would choose to be Black Widow if I could if I could choose any of them. He's got some right. moves. Is because true. she can be incognito. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like that, I love Black Widow for the fact that she, if she wants to, she can put her hair up and go to the mall, and no <laughs> one's going to know who she is. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like if Tony Stark enough. goes outside, he's besieged by bad people. So yeah, I think <laughs>
0: Hawkeye can kind of do that. It, mm-hmm. It's not like mm-hmm.
3: people really know who the arrow guy is, but uh, fair I, enough. I, I don't consider him a full Avenger. Yeah, that's, that's just it. my you that's just of, my opinion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well,
0: so, so the show is going all geeky now. Yeah. Well, it always is in the background. Um, <laughs> so the show, for those who don't know, um, is a show where, as I mentioned, we get people from different countries, different parts of the world, different cultures, different opinions, and we talk about the things that have been happening in our um, uh, different places and the things that have been making the news. And um, I think so, usually I start because, you know, I'm, I'm the boss Avenger. I'm like Tony Stark. I don't know if I want to be Tony Stark. He's kind of a jerk. But um, today, I think that we're going to once again start with uh, the U.S. Because let's be honest, I, I feel bad talking, you know, putting the U.S. so much front and center for a myriad of reasons um, in the past few months and year. But let's be let's be honest it is the major thing the most uh let's choose words carefully here um impactful impactful thank you randy um <laughs> it, it is definitely the most impactful thing uh happening in in the world i think or the most fascinating or mesmerizing kind of like a, a, when you know you can't take your eyes off a, a train wreck um but we I, i'm happy to have randy on today because he is basically the most let me know if that's a, an unfair characterization, Randy, but mm. you're basically one of the most liberal west coast uh elite person <laughs> that I have <laughs> you're like elite happy
3: until elite <laughs> until elite okay, maybe not
0: elite. fair enough. Uh, um, but hysterical. you know you are you are extremely you. for the u s you are very vehement. Um and you're very left wing and everything that's happening is angering you very much. So please tell us oh, wow. why uh, total annihilation is pretty oh. close and Trump is Thanks. literally worse than Hitler and he's destroying uh, the world. Wow, well, that's, that's, <laughs> wow. A big, that's a big ask.
3: I now I'm Hulk, right? Right? Because I'm, I'm vehement and angry and so on. That uh, I I I don't I. I don't know that I like all these labels. I feel I feel boxed in now. Uh, the uh, The fact is, I read the news and I pay attention to what's actually going on. And uh, I guess I guess that that can, uh, can can make you a liberal in the United States, which is <laughs> is kind of unfortunate because the you know the United States doesn't really have the the same gradient of of political uh, kinds as other. Places do, right? Even even other places that are right next to the United States, like Mexico and Canada, have uh, a broader swath of right and left, right? Mm.
2: Yeah, what, what you guys call left-wing, we call right-wing. Right, no, what exactly. you guys call
3: right-wing, we don't got a name for. <laughs> right, yeah. There's a there's an old uh, saying among politicians in the United States, the uh, the right hand doesn't know what the far right hand is doing. Um, <laughs> It's it's uh, I mean, what what are you going to do? But I I read the news and uh, I've noticed that uh, uh, that makes me into uh, a raving liberal in in your eyes. And that's fine. Um, The uh, the news has been ridiculous. And that's the that's the problem, right? When when things go when you say ridiculous, do,
0: do you mean like dramatic ridiculous or literally like it's ridiculous, laugh worthy because it's it fails so much?
3: Right. Well, no, I mean I mean the actual the substance of what's happening in our country. You know, the the uh, the things being said by the leader and everyone who works for him are insane. It's 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 a time that you can't really compare to to other times. And so that's why I say it's ridiculous. You you can't look back and say, Well, you know, if if this had happened with this previous administration, because you start laughing before you can finish the thought, because it, it couldn't have happened. You know what I'm saying? So, for let me just give you one example, just a re- recent example. Uh, Donald Trump gave an interview where uh, he was being asked about the health care debate, which you know you would uh, you would do. Uh, Obama was uh, did this many times. Uh, every president g- gives interviews with reporters where they sit and they have to answer questions like how would you like to see something like healthcare work and obama um, excuse me uh, president trump started talking and it revealed very quickly that he literally doesn't know what insurance is I mean, it, it. Within a few words, you realize he was. Uh, he has this idea of what insurance is, and 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 so uh, some uh, sort of more investigative reporters tried started trying to figure out where he was getting this information. Like, why why does he think of health insurance as though it's life insurance, which is a very different kind of thing. And they very quickly realized he was sort of regurgitating a bad understanding of something he'd seen in a commercial on television. And uh, it was, it was clearly a commercial for term life insurance, which is a scam product that you, you know, you don't even see advertised on, on most channels. And it's just, it's one of those things where it, you can't, you can't go anywhere with it. You can't, you know, you have to laugh, you have to call it ridiculous. Because if if this one occurrence had happened to President Obama, had happened to President Clinton, it would have been the defining scandal of their entire career, right? And this is something you probably didn't even hear about outside of the United States because it's such a, a low lying non scandal compared to all the others. <laughs> how do you you know how do you rate? It's it's ridiculous. That's the
0: word. I guess. Yeah, I guess the word does fit. Um, I mean, we're kind of used now to Trump being ridiculous, and I think that even, I, I think most of the of the Republicans agree that he is a ridiculous character. You know, the 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 Republican. I mean, like the the people who would characterize themselves as. Republican voters agree that he is a ridiculous person, but they they kind of want the the Republican Party to be able to be in power so that they can enact uh, policies that fit their agenda. And what happened with the healthcare thing in the past few weeks have been bewildering, at least for me, because I, I mean, I'm sure it's been bewildering for everyone. I don't know about you guys in Saudi Arabia and... Uh, and Ireland, but hey, by the way, Turkey, how do you guys look at this whole healthcare thing in the U.S. That they're, you know, trying to make it happen and it's not working and do you even care or? Uh, not Not really, because we, we are going through
1: our own process right now in Saudi about healthcare. Uh, in Saudi, uh, healthcare is completely free here if you go to the uh, government hospitals and so on. And you have free clinics and everything available. Uh, But the quality has been very low recently. And one of the steps they're doing is they're trying to convert the system into the to the private sector where the private sector runs it and trying to enforce uh, insurance to everybody. So we're trying to do a balance between what, for example, I think what the U.S. has and what the U.K. has something in the middle. Mm. So we're going through our, a similar process here, trying to figure out exactly how to solve the healthcare problems here in Saudi.
0: For, for us have in the health, US, but you have you, universal healthcare. You, you have. We do, we do.
1: Yes, we do have the yeah. universal health, and will still be there, it's just the way it's being handled is going to be completely different in the future. Uh, right now the process is as easy as you just go to any hospital walk-in and they have to treat you immediately and you're done. Mm. Uh, the next process, they're trying to upgrade this system where you have to have a, a, open a file, you have to have a health insurance registered and so on. Uh, if you work for an employee, they would take care of you, paying your bills, even if you go to a government hospital using your health insurance. So they're trying to decrease the cost. So... Mm it's it's kind of a, a little mess here so it's it's but in the us as people are following the us there it's more about the politics more than about healthcare itself so for example McCain, it's a huge news here the way that he voted yes then he came in and actually
3: voted no and I, so I'm, on so i'm so glad to hear that it makes my <laughs> it warms my heart to think that in 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 far distant from the United States parts of the world, people have have heard that absolute nonsense. This this almost scripted world wrestling entertainment style <laughs> entertainment is coming out of the United States Congress. I'm so glad. I, I, uh, oh, Hi, uh, it's, everybody. It's so wondering what exactly
1: he, happened. People been asking what exactly happened. Didn't he vote yes? Well, he, he voted yes he to open. To open, I,
0: I, know. Right, I know, right, But so tell me, I'm Randy, if, if, I'm, people, if I'm correct or not. Uh, he first voted yes to open the possibility for the vote. That would be that would mean it was the 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 bill was completely shut down, and they can't actually vote for it because it was budget reconcil- reconciliation where they needed a simple majority. But they can only do it once per year, right, and so it's, he basically killed it completely for the whole year It's
3: so sad that you know these words even <laughs> what? we we went and we went and put Republican majorities into the houses of Congress, and then they they come along, and i mean this is it's really sad i i i i i, okay, I, I, me, I find it funny, but it's sad
0: i I think we all agree, and I'm sure even the Americans agree uh, let, let Explain to me, again, in your view, as a raging liberal, I'm not trying to incite <laughs> anything here. Um, you are
3: trying to insult me, and it's <laughs> fine. Please keep going.
0: Um, no, but seriously, though, explain to me why th- this is so difficult for the Republican <clears throat> government, who has, you know, both houses, the presidency, everything, and the Supreme Court. Uh, why are they not managing to pass that health care reform thing? What's, what's happening? Why is it so hard?
3: Okay so uh, okay, that's that's a really good question and what it <laughs> comes you, down to <laughs> what it comes down to is the difference between the voters understanding of what is possible and the actual sort of rules and norms of government and and it's totally uh, un, you know like it's it's okay it's okay for voters to not know how to run congress uh, traditionally, historically, in the United States, voters have brought in different kinds of, of governments and gotten results that differed from expectations. Right. Right. But in the last uh, in the last twenty five years, the United States has been swinging wildly to the right, and the people who are being sent to Congress are making promises that not, – not just promises that they have to modify, but they've been making promises to their constituents that are, aren't possible under normal rules, under, under sort of the decorum of uh, the, the past. So, uh, so can, we can you give decorum us an of the past under mathematics. Like, right, exactly. So, so we, so we've reached this fever pitch where you have people in the United States, uh, in the Senate, for instance. Let's just take that as our example because we've been watching it this week with our mouths open. You have people in the Senate, like John Cornyn from Texas and uh, and Ted Cruz from Texas, who they they legitimately have. Uh, uh, These beliefs where they've you know, they've told their constituents, we're going to whatever we're going to lower taxes to zero, we're going to uh, make sure everyone in the United States has a gun for every room of their house, this kind of thing. Do you have like
0: an actual example, though? of one um, of those okay. promises that can't be
3: Sure. We're I, going uh, to we're going to completely repeal the Affordable Care Act known as Obamacare. Is is a promise that many 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 people made and what they had to the only way they realized once they were actually in the Senate this this term they realized the only way they could actually repeal it is to break the rules. The, the way the rules work where you have to have a debate and you have to let people propose amendments and so on and so on make, makes them find out, oh, wow, they they literally can't even get it done on paper, much less when it comes time to go to the floor of the Senate and talk and vote and so on. And so uh, they're they're in a bind where – They've they've made promises they can't keep and 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 they broke the rules like that's the that's the the stunning thing is that the 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 leader of the Senate the you know the the big guy uh, that the Republicans chose to uh, make all these things that that can't really work happen Mitch McConnell decided, you know what? Forget the rules. We've had norms for centuries where you know you, you, you do things in a certain way. I'm going to have it uh, only require a, a bare majority of votes, and I'm going to uh, write this thing in secret. And we're actually not even going to read what we've written. Uh, that, that's, I mean, it's, it's a literally, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating, they literally brought a cobbled together uh, legislation that no one person had read all of it because they didn't want to know how it contradicted itself, they they just wanted to pass anything, and they were they were uh, like uh, there were reports that some of it was written by hand and hadn't even been you know hadn't even been looked at by an expert or anything. It just it, it's just lunacy, but that's that's where you end up when you make promises you can't keep, right? And Can, um, this- Bart, Bart, you wanted to. China? Well,
2: I'd like to try the impossible. I'd like, <laughs> I'd like to try explain Obamacare in two minutes or less and why the, the biggest problem the Republicans have is they can't come up with an alternative because mathematics is in the way. So, yes. in America, it is there is no way culturally America could ever accept single payer health care. It is going to be delivered by private companies, it is going to be private
3: insurance, not state medicine. That I, is just like I, I have a solution. It's the I have the same solution for Americans accepting single payer health care as they accept as they will eventually accept gun control.
2: <laughs> kill killing enough
3: death and destruction. I yes, guess. that is exactly right. That's that horrible. Exactly right. right. So, but, if, it's, if but it's the fact when when Americans wake up someday in 50 years and a beloved celebrity has been shot. They will suddenly get on board with gun control. And when a, when enough children are dying of easily prevented diseases, I think single-payer will happen. Oh. Okay.
2: Well, okay. okay, let's assume for now that single-payer is not going to happen this week, next week, or any time <laughs> in the next few years, right? That seems like a reasonable starting
3: point for you, an explanation. You know, I, and I, I, I'll give you this. I, I want you to go from here. I just want to say we could have said the same thing about uh, – Uh, 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 about gay marriage. We could have said the same thing about uh, uh, certain kinds of equality right before it happened. Like, just a few years ago, no one would have believed that that the United States would... No one... uh, Take me back six years, and let me tell you about how the United States is going to have legal marijuana in certain places, and we can all laugh and laugh. Right before these reforms happen, uh, you always think this is never going to happen. That's all I wanted to say. But please... That's
2: a very optimistic point of view. I quite like (laughs) that. Actually, I'm going to remember that. Um, Good. But... So taking it as given that you need a an insurer-based market, then the only way insurance works is if there are a mix of healthy and sick people in the insurance, because otherwise the insurance is unavoidable. People right. have to buy in before they get sick. So right. you need to have a great big diverse mix. So how do you get people to buy in? Well, the only way to do that is to make it like car insurance. You make them have to buy insurance. So there you have the mandate. Okay, that's stool number one of Obamacare, Romneycare. Then there are going to be people who physically cannot afford to buy insurance, so you're going to have to have some subsidies for those people. There's stool number two, the subsidies. And then you're probably going to need to pay for those subsidies, because otherwise the whole thing isn't budget neutral. Therefore, you have to have tax increases on the rich to pay for the uh, subsidies for the poor. Therefore, you have the higher taxes. One, two, three legs, that's the stool. If you saw off either any one of those three legs, it collapses. Now, the Republicans really, really, really want to get rid of the taxes. But they also want to keep the stool standing up. It's not. Possible. They don't. So they the really reason don't they want can't to, do repeal and replace is wh- wh- there is no replace because
3: this is a Republican idea that Orrin Hatch dreamt up when Bill Clinton was president. <laughs> so it, it used to make sense. Again, the the United States, has, like many parts of this world, by the way, not just the United States, has lurched to the right over the last twenty five years. We can we can talk all we want about how twenty five years ago, uh, single payer was actually a, a conservative idea. Conservatives aren't the conservatives they used to be, right? Well, no, but and-
2: Obamacare is idea because it's you're making the yeah. market do the work i mean there is there is nothing more capitalist than obamacare but it's, you would it, never it, guess that from watching fox news
3: it's insane i actually was against the affordable care act at the time because i felt like it was such a gift to the middlemen delivering health care who yeah. don't need more money but um uh but i guess that's what that's what patrick called me a raving liberal right so um <laughs> So, but but here's the thing. Here's the thing that we can't lose sight of, and I I worry that there's so much obfuscation on this, and we have to keep bringing people's attention back to it. Conservatives in the United States don't care about the stool standing up, and what they've convinced themselves of is that all of the people that belong to one and a half of those three legs of the stool are undesirable people. Uh, they, and, and that we've got to find a way to reverse that and and like I say I'm optimistic that it can be reversed but as long but as what you what do have you mean
0: undesirable people like can you expand hundreds. on that
3: I mean, I, I mean the easy, the, the the easy, fast way to to that is conservatives don't like the poor. The poor tend to be brown skinned. The, you know, you get what I'm saying, right? Like, well, I do. A- but
0: then, then what I, you know, what I've learned, I think what we've all learned is that a lot of the people who did vote for Trump are modest people. You know, people who aren't people of means, but they just think, I don't want health care. I want a job so that I can pay for my own damn
2: doctor, you know? Okay, like, whole, Donald Trump a, promised them better health care than Obamacare for cheap. No, they don't. Yeah, well, yeah. let's put Trump he aside no, for a that, second because we can't... That's I don't so, think we well, can't hang on, you can't take Trump voters up. and then put Trump aside, <laughs> <laughs> right? He, they were conned by a master conner artist who agree, promised them the mathematically my, impossible. I agree, I but my point is... I will give the benefits of Obamacare by magic, Yes, I
0: agree. I completely agree with that. But I think one of the common mistakes, and I was talking, uh, you know, with Scott Johnson about this on Twitter yesterday. One of the, uh, or maybe it was someone else, I can't remember. But one of the issues is that we're characterizing the Republican voters as the rich who hate the poor. And I think that is what Trump figured out. He no, the- met, He figured out how to speak to the poor in, you know, the, the certain states, certain demographics in a way that that appeals to them. And that way is you don't want government handouts. You're poor because you don't have a job. I will bring back the job. Of course, it's all bullshit. But And then they will tell you, you know, every politician is giving you bullshit and I will disagree. And I think this is... Uh, false equivalencies and it's destroying the debate in america yeah, but, and possibly in the other parts of the world okay, but but that's he's, but, but, he's, a lot of, but a lot of republicans poor. that's are my poor. point they're poor no but a exactly. lot a lot of republicans
1: are poor exactly a lot of republicans are, are are white are white poor people they've always voted republican because they're, they're conservative and that's what they believe in yeah, right. the, the, which the is policies. why
0: which is why what randy is saying you know that the republicans and the conservatives
3: Dislike, uh, you know, to simplify okay. it, they don't like the poor I people. I think I can. It- I think I can. I think I can stitch those back together because, okay. a 100 out of 100 uh, senators in the United States Senate and over 400 members of the House of Representatives are rich people, and mm. and you you don't get to this sort of position of power without. Being able to spend a lot of someone's money to, to get here at anymore. It used to be different. It used to be possible to have good ideas uh, alone and get there. But now you have to. You you basically have to enrich yourself to get to, to Congress. And that disconnect has to be uh, uh, sewn together. The the disconnect between uh you know uh there's there's a a, a leader of Republicans in the House of Representatives named Daryl Issa who is fantastically wealthy he's probably got more money than donald trump because donald trump lies about his wealth but he's probably got more money than donald trump what's he doing in the house of representatives and most importantly how is he a republican how does he speak to the the people of his district which are uh in a in a less affluent part of southern california and the answer is they just lie you know that you lie to uh, you. You watch conservative media, and it's nothing but lies. You lie to each other, right? You you lie. You you, you tell people that you're actually a man of the people when you're living in a, a mansion on an island. Like th- it's just it's just a bunch of lies that bridge this gap. And we lie to ourselves all the time about the racism and about the the bigotries that justify these votes. And and, and that all I'm saying is. That maybe we need to start talking about it honestly, not accusingly, not like like viciously, but just start talking honestly. We have a guy on television in the United States named Tucker Carlson who is who is pushing a racist white nationalist agenda every single day, and he's doing it – Via lies. If you watch what he's saying, he he will def- he will uh, uh, claim all day long to be saying the opposite of what he's actually saying, you know. And and we just we have. Can to, you give us an to... example of this? Oh gosh, I, I I really if you've if you've not seen Tucker Carlson on Fox News for starters, congratulations. <laughs> uh, and, and don't. But what what uh, a, a lot of my uh, you know my conservative friends are absorbing when they watch him is. Uh, is this warning that immigrants are going to uh, are, are are doing horrible things in the United States, doing really bad things? Uh, and we just we just had an episode, the most recent episode, maybe maybe most recent, of uh, uh, an NPR podcast called uh, This American Life just went uh, deep into a story that Tucker Carlson was running uh, a few weeks ago about a an immigrant in high school in a high school who uh was charged with raping a classmate and when you when you uh, of course the the whole basis of the thing was a lie you know but that's but that that will never get told right no one will ever go back on his show and say actually turns out there wasn't a rape there and the you know that we shouldn't be we shouldn't be uh, calling kids uh, you know illegal aliens anyway. But the the point is you know he breathlessly covered this story with all of these misconceptions and all of this misinformation in a way that gave his audience the red meat of those brown people from somewhere else are coming here and raping our our children, and without ever saying any of that. And and that's the thing that we've got to. You know, we've got to start talking honestly about, again, not not in a vicious way, but we've got to, you know, there's, there have to be ways to let people know you're being lied to, you believe things that are false, that that's misinformation over there, and, and get people back to what, what's the truth. And, th- and that's the reason why, from Donald Trump down, there's such a push to convince you that actual journalists are lying, because mm. if, if they can convince you of that— Then they can tell you anything and (laughs) you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to believe something.
0: I kind of, I do agree that this idea that journalists, I mean, certainly there is some, you know, theatricality um, to the news that I wish wasn't there and even more so in the US, but the idea that, you know, everyone's lying it's all of these false equivalencies like oh the the the, this side is just as bad as this side (laughs) and and the journalists every journalist lies so (laughs) it it nothing matters and all of the politicians will make promises that they can't keep so none of it matters you know so they're all just as bad as one another and that murkies the water you know it's it's fud, and it makes here's sorry so Bart, we're going to have to move on because we're spending a lot of I just time want to, on this. But I, I, I think I,
3: really I want to answer the I want to answer three questions here, all to, all of, uh, in one summary, and that is compare what uh, Republicans in Congress are doing right now to try to just change healthcare in the United States to how Democrats in Congress only eight years ago did actually change healthcare in the United States, and and look at the the, the ways and means of the change, and you'll see. You cannot point at those two different parties of politicians and say they're all the same. They do the same stuff. When Obamacare came up, it took them a year of open discussion and writing and debates. They accepted over 100 amendments from the opposition party to that package of reforms. Uh, I mean just – just just it, it. when you actually get to that, if you honestly look at the difference in how these two groups of men – mostly behave you will see that the the claim they're all the same is ludicrous it's absolutely ludicrous and all i can the only offer, thing i can offer to explain why republicans the instant they get all all the powers would just start chopping off the legs of that stool is because one of the legs of that stool is poor people and they don't care if poor people die they really, actually, don't. They can say all day long, "Oh, well, actually, we're we think our solution is going to be better for poor people," but they don't really care. Or they'd be following some rules and they'd be telling some truths to try to help those poor people. They actually hate. I them. mean, that's we, my conclusion.
0: We've talked about healthcare a number of times on this show, and people who have been listening for a while know that I really try to be to understand all different sides of each story. And, you know, the, 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 I try to go beyond the aggravation and the uh, yeah. politicization and all of it, but on healthcare specifically, I don't know whether they don't care or they're convinced that their solution would be better. But as we've gone into a number of times, again, that would result the way you know healthcare works in the U.S. right now, and what they're trying to achieve would result in more people suffering from illnesses, and yes, very likely dying. And that I don't think is an exaggeration, or you know. And I know that people listening, some of them are going to be shaking their head right now. And I would love to find a way of explaining this in in a manner that would make people listening not shake their heads and understand that this is, you know, I'm sorry, but sometimes the actual reality is what it is. And healthcare cannot work. We've gone into this, so I don't want to go too much into it again. Healthcare does not work if everyone isn't participating. It's like the roads. It's like the military. It's like the police. It's like the firefighters. It's like infrastructure. That's the way it works. Anyway, Bart, please, you've been very patient. Uh,
2: but it's, something occurs to me, right? So it's very easy, this false equivalence thing, it's a very easy trap to fall into. So my approach, regardless of what country, regardless of what politician, watch out for whether they're appealing to your emotion or whether they're actually explaining how they can do something and whether they're saying what they, what they want the outcome to be or how. So Donald Trump will say, "I'm going to give you the best healthcare you've ever had," and Hillary Clinton will explain a whole bunch of hows—really boring policy stuff. But that's the key question: Are they appealing to emotion, or are they explaining to you how we get from this reality to that reality and how it will work? And if they're not explaining how it will work, they're probably trying to con you. And that that filter works in every country's politics, and it's it's a, it's a really good way to to figure out who who's genuinely trying trying to solve the problem you can still disagree completely with them but at least and, they're trying to solve the problem
3: and it works for all, every topic like we, it's, it's not just the saddest fact of our lives that we don't have President Hillary Clinton who knows so much about health care right now. But it's also – we also have to remember what we've just been seeing is the most irresponsible and cynical legislative chicanery of, uh, that I've ever heard of. And when, when that sort of smoke and mirrors is happening in plain sight – you know that someone is trying to hurt someone that that's mm. that, that's my 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 point you know if, if nothing else there's no reason to uh to believe that someone wants to make a thing better if they're if they're only willing to make it better in secret and by lying about it and so on that's that's the the conclusion you have to reach, and hopefully, a lot of conservative Americans are finding out about these things right now. They're hopefully, some of the re- real actual facts are are getting through the you know the Fox News filter to the ears of of people who are going to vote uh, in the next election.
0: All right, um, All
1: right. Pa- Patrick, you need to bring uh, Randy and one of your other conservatives on the show and let them fight. <laughs> this should be fun.
3: Well, and, and, but I've, 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 I've listened to them. I've, I talked to them all the time. And it's, it's not, uh, it's not really possible for us to have a productive discussion because I have to first, uh, convince them to believe what's going on, you know? Uh, like like you guys have heard all about McCain coming from his deathbed to Washington DC to participate in a vote and you've probably scratched your head and been like well why can't they just do it next month And this kind of thing uh, Republicans conservatives in the United States really don't get this that news they they turn on Fox News and they hear about this horrible thing that, barack obama's daughter did or something and and you know like they really don't hear oh wow there's a there's a thing happening and what are the what's the substance of the thing and, and so i don't know how to i don't know how to debate them you know
1: i have yeah, to i have you, to start... yeah you, you just proved my point that's exactly what i was looking for
3: <laughs> should have been a very fun show <laughs> <laughs> or I, I don't know i, just I think mean, it would be I, very boring you know i, I... <gasps> To keep saying, here's something that happened, and they say, no, it didn't. Okay, well,
2: okay. <laughs> yeah, You have to have a shared reality to have a productive conversation. You can have productive conversations with people who I don't know. take I mean, the same facts and come to the polar opposite conclusion to you, and you can actually have an interesting discussion with those people, even and, though you, oh,
1: and, you disagree. And no, and no way did I mention a productive conversation. I just said uh, a nice
0: uh, fight. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, for I think a lot of the people I've been talking to don't really like Trump. They don't really like the conservatives. The, the, I mean, the, the, the GOP. They don't. Mm. It's not like they're thinking... I think there's a, a disconnect in that a lot of the uh, Democrats, you know, are, are convinced that the Republican base is in sync with the Republican uh, elected officials right? Yes, um, I think nah. that's a lot more the case with the, the Democrats and the elected officials of their party. I think they think alike, and they are in sync. It I, seems to I, me, I, maybe wanna, I, I, I'm not seeing it right, but I think a lot of the Republican voters are don't believe in anything Donald Trump says, uh, don't really care, and they just voted because, you know, he's going to pass this policy, or he's gonna do this specific thing that I care about, or he is defending the Second Amendment, or
1: hey, you know, Patrick, these specific can, can things. Can
0: we move? Can we move along before we
1: turn the show and name it into the U.S. politics yes. show? Yes, all right. I,
3: I, I totally agree with that, and and I I wanted to I wanted to compare <laughs> to, to bridge out of the United States. I wanted to compare the uh, uh, the the Trump administration to the news around macron yeah. because uh I, i've been fascinated to see recently that uh sort of the more right-wing news now now we're talking right wing in france very different right but the more sort of right-wing take on macron is that his his uh, polls are are plummeting his his popularity is is shrinking because you know uh, uh there uh, there are uh he, he was sort of like propped up in in the popular conscience too fa- too far with the election and now the sad realities are setting in and it reminds me very very much of Justin Trudeau in Canada they're they are tracking the exact same path and i, yeah. I find that fascinating right now that we're living in a time when you really have this nationalist right wing uh current pulling everyone from the top down but especially people at the top you know toward the Yeah, it's
0: it's very funny because I was uh, there are a lot of similarities between the the shape of what's happening even in the US and what's happening in France in that, you know, there are people who are criticizing everything that someone does, no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. And it's funny that you're mentioning the right wing media because in France everyone is convinced that the right wing media is supporting Macron because he's a right wing president
3: he's um, he almost when, a, a right wing secret agent <laughs>
0: kind <laughs> of you know that's that's a lot of that's what a lot of people think that he's masquerading as this center guy but really he's right wing and to be honest a lot of the the left wing people think that center in France is right wing and he is and and so there there's a similarity in the shape but the scope is much smaller uh in what i mean is that we don't have the same kind of insane exaggeration there is always even with the some of the uh news outlets that you that you're going to hear uh discussing <clears throat> these situations they might praise macron or or you know try to uh criticize him but there's always going to be some sort of policy discussion. There's always going to be some reasonable, fact-based conversation that some people, what Bart was talking about earlier, a shared reality that you can disagree, in, uh, disagree on. And so now I'm in this situation where I look at the US and I see the left side of the political spectrum criticizing the uh, administration, you know, with... A very an unending vehemence, and in France, the left side of the uh, of the country is criticizing the administration at every chance they get. The difference is, I'm I happen to think that Macron, uh, you know, I don't agree with everything he's doing, but I voted for him. I think he's he has the right direction. Um, that he's setting the country in. So I have to, in my mind, reconcile these two similar-ish situations where in one situation in the U.S., I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, I kind of agree with everything the left side of the political spectrum is saying, and I think that administration is crazy. And in France, I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, I kind (laughs) of understand why the administration is doing this and that and this, and... They're trying to save money on this. And, you know, there are things like he's trying to, uh, he, he's doing uh, tax cuts uh, for a, a lot of the, the taxes that we have. And some of the, one of the narratives that was being uh, uh, discussed a few weeks ago was, look at this. The, the majority of the tax cuts is going to uh, the 10% richest people in the country which is true, you know, the 10% Mm -hmm. richest people in the country are going to benefit from the biggest part of the tax cuts. Um, On the other hand, one thing which is almost never mentioned, or I guess it is, but it's very quickly forgotten, is that the 10% richest of the country uh, contribute to 70% of the uh, tax income of the, the, the country as well. And so you know, I start thinking, okay, well, seventy percent of the entire country—that that's probably good enough. Like, it's not like they're not paying their fair share. But then I start thinking, but what about the U.S., for example? I'm certain that the richest people in the U.S. are paying a lot of taxes, right? I don't have the numbers here, but I'm sure they're paying—they're
3: paying lots of taxes. So, relative in to the United States, sure, yeah, relative no, but to I mean, other percentage, countries, percentage not wise. at all. Yeah. Okay, maybe. but I'm just saying, like, there's a there's a big. Uh, we have done everything we can to lower taxes on the rich in the United States for years and years and years. Every administration has been doing it. Obama even accidentally, when he had uh, Democrats in Congress, they they lowered taxes on the rich. Like, it's it's not the same comparing okay. the United yeah. States to other countries. Uh, yes. The, well, the so same that's trends. Yes.
0: Yeah, but that's why that's why I'm, I'm I have those two situations, and I think I look at the situation in France, and I'm like think this kind of makes sense and there was a big uh scandal a, a few uh a couple of weeks ago which is why the uh basically the honeymoon period is over now with macron well not over but it's getting difficult for him to appear as perfect as he was a few weeks ago um one of the issues was he is cutting the budget of the uh, army by 850 million euros something like that which is a big a lot of money. And I mean a big percentage of the budget. And his uh, chief of the armies was very unhappy about this. Said he was. He uh, got basically put in his place in a very undiplomatic uh, manner, and he ended up resigning. Um, and so that was a big, a big thing. Uh, he's also cutting the um, uh, how do you call it? Like when you get money for. For housing, if you don't have enough to pay your rent,
3: Uh, let's call it welfare.
0: Okay. Well, I guess welfare. Um, So it's specifically for housing, Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's about you get roughly, let's say, between two thirty and three hundred euros, or four hundred euros, depending depending on your situation. And they want to reduce it by five euros, Uh, and that was a big scandal well not a big scandal but you had the entire left part of the political spectrum again that was saying well five euros is a lot for a student and trying to argue that this was a scandal i personally i don't know you know i really don't know where to i understand that five euros is is something to a student but it's and at the same time i'm thinking but everyone has to make efforts and at the same time, I'm thinking, but the austerity hasn't been working for the past 10 almost years and we need to be investing in, and maybe, but Macron, what he's doing is saving on the budget of the state, which is very large in France. We have a lot of uh, state civil servants, but he wants to invest uh, to kickstart the economy. And it's like, it's all very confusing and I think that we're going in the right direction, but I have a hard time reconciling my feelings in one instance and in the others. I don't know. I'm not making a lot of sense, but this is what's been happening in France in the past, uh, in the past few weeks.
3: Um, I, I, really, I, I really appreciated the, uh, the over-coverage of a story about Macron uh, being sort of responsible for, clo- uh, for buying a shipyard. Shipyard in France was purchased by the government. And this is a big scandal recently. And, uh, and I appreciate it because it's one of those things that in the past, and I, I know I've already said this on this episode, but in the past it would have either been business as usual, right? So uh, the government is trying to keep an Italian shipping firm from taking over a shipyard that really should belong to the people of France. Uh, it either would have been nothing or it would have been a huge scandal. Uh, I, I I don't. I'm not sure. I don't have enough of a of a read on the history of French politics. But I do know that reading the news right now, it's there. There's someone trying to make it a big scandal that Macron nationalized a shipyard and so you know you have to stop and ask wait is this just the media now does this is this just the way that news reporting happens now and we're gonna always be wrong in someone's eyes everything that we do trying to govern because if so that's fine we're gonna end up trading sides every election every election the the pendulum's gonna swing back and forth and back and forth because there will always be media uh you know taking down the leader but i don't think you know
0: there, I don't think the media is taking down the leader so much uh, in France. Maybe you're seeing it like this through the American media eyes, or I don't sure, know. I think of course I am. Yes, I think there's definitely <laughs> a, a, an opposition on the a, an unhealthy opposition on the politics side. Meaning that is what Macron was trying to fight, actually, which was we won't do something because the other party is, is proposing it. And now we're seeing that everything that Macron does is the end of the world. Again, with this, we really have to be careful to to, specif- to specify that when you say this in France, there's nowhere near the same intensity as in, in the US or even in the UK, from what I understand. Um, there's still relatively polite civil discourse and debate, but... Um, all right. Anyway, so that's what's been happening in France. Um, Turkey. What's been? Uh, well, I don't know if you heard about what's been happening in France, but what's been happening in Saudi Arabia? Well, there was stuff happening in France. <laughs> you guys don't care, right? I mean, we really don't care. So what, do you get to, <laughs> See, did you hear how sincere that was? It was Turkey sincere. Um.
3: <laughs> i I asked a question the last time I was on this epi- this show with Turkey, and I want to ask it again because it it was so fascinating uh and times change right so right now, what is the po- the political or the sort of uh, international news landscape from your perspective there what What do you get told about what are what are news outlets telling you like wh- where 's the focus uh, you know just is it only saudi arabia is it just outside where what, what do you hear about
1: no well well we basically at the top of the news is usually the us your politics okay. are fun so we enjoy okay. that <laughs> yeah a lot of laughs a lot of do you <laughs> do you, jokes, do you so, actually yeah. do you actually i,
0: I don't want to go back to the us again but do you laugh at the US or do you observe it with, rev- not reverence, uh, but like serious we, serious? we
1: have the best, and I'm serious, I'm not joking. We have the best laughs ever. Thank you, Trump.
2: <laughs> I think that's... It's a great reality TV show, except for the fact that it's real.
0: Uh, is that yeah. the same for you guys so in in, have- in, uh, in Ireland? Like, you're actually looking at this and it's... Constant facepalm and... and Because beyond what the, the two factions of the US, you know, political divide think, I think everyone else in the entire world is looking at this and shaking their heads, thinking not, you know, oh, this is politics and each side thinks differently. This is clearly for everyone outside of the US, I think, Trump is it. And the political...
2: The government not just diff- is a joke, right? It's he's not clown. just different for America. Like he's just different. The, there is an entire planet's worth of leaders of countries. Trump isn't just different for being a, a, a different American. He's a different leader, right. planet-wide. I mean, he's he, he's he, right. He's okay, un- so, unprecedented. Yeah, yeah. he, right, he so is. Turkey. He is.
3: But I, I yeah. can I just want to I just want to say, don't chalk it all up to one man, though. Like don't don't allow yourself to say if only one of these other uh, high profile Republicans was in the Oval Office, this would all be same.
1: Oh no no because, nobody 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 thinks that the Republicans as,
3: voted for him. End of story. Republicans are the same. Like like I I just can't I, I can't imagine how, what we would be talking about if Mike Pence were president or if Mitch McConnell were president. But I promise you, we would be talking about the horrible, ridiculous things coming out of the White House. Mm. Uh, it it just, would be different. It, it, it would be really competent things that oppose
2: us. It would be opposed, but, like but, yes. but it would be competent. Exactly. It would be well executed. No, yeah. no, then, okay, let me, let,
3: me, okay <laughs> let me put it another way. As much as Macron is a noob, as much as Justin Trudeau is a, a, a political naif, either of them could take any role in the United States government right now and do a better job of it a lot better a more informed job of it and so we we focus on trump because he's so uninformed and he's got zero intellectual curiosity but just just because other other republicans do have a little intellectual curiosity <laughs> doesn't mean they have a lot don't don't f- get that that's a, that, you know we're we're freaking out over here and by the way you you were you were making it sound like in the united states we also don't uh, get the news and look at it the same way as you do overseas, yeah. and that's not true. I, I, I follow a, a, an organization called Crooked Media. If, I don't know if you've, if you've heard of them yet, but they're, they're named after Donald Brand. Trump's uh, uh, insult. And Randy, think of we,
1: it this way. I'll make it simple for you, okay? okay. We have right now George W. Bush... Is a great president. Thanks to Trump, <laughs> I think that yeah. that I think that answers that question.
3: That's yeah, that's what I that's what I hope people yeah. kind of kind of rem- remember. Yes, you know, is that, that is that yes, I would be. I would take a a a potion that had less poison in it. Yes, I would. I would happily take the less poison potion. But yes. you know, uh, it, it's it's not. Um, It's it's not fair to chalk it all up to one person. And by the way, that's what every conservative I ever talk to tells you. They tell you, oh well, you know, I disagree with that too. It's just Trump. As though, as though, when it all falls down, right when this everything goes to hell, they're going to be able to say we're only blaming the one person, and we're going to continue believing in our bad ideas. Instead of, we're going to fix our bad ideas. I think the,
0: the and we're going to get back to Turkey because we, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you know, this is just how, how I don't even find the words, how impactful, thank you, Randy, uh, Mm -hmm. this is on the world. I think everyone is looking at this and I think most people probably go about their business a little bit more than us who are maybe a little bit America focused, but it's still very impactful for everyone and we we can't believe what's happening however about what you're saying randy i do think that then it becomes a condemnation of the republican policies period like the second amendment uh the right to to choose the you know the i mean the being pro life and these kinds of things and the death penalty but again- and on those i think there would be
3: a different kind of conversation, right? Right, that would be but had. but that's what I'm getting at. Not a condemnation, as much as a reasonable debate. Yes, yes. If you get rid of the lunatics in the way, you can have a reasonable debate. I completely agree with that. I'm just saying, when a lunatic is re- finally removed, don't allow. Uh, conservatives you mean there are more case.
0: lunatics, just less lunatic than this lunatic?
3: A- absolutely, and. And I, I know you know the no true Scotsman fallacy. We we are about to see it play out in real time. Right when when finally we get rid of a lunatic, and people say, "There, now, now you, we can get back to uh, let, implementing let, my bad beliefs as opposed look, to debating my bad beliefs."
1: Just just a quick, uh, Trump is a joke, and he's just fun to watch. His vice president is going to be more dangerous than him because he won't be acting out all of his policies publicly and he would do everything that Trump is doing, but nobody would even know about it. That's the difference.
0: You know, I don't think that he's just there's this idea that he's fun to watch and he's a clown and kind of implying that he's harmless. I think he is very harmful
1: no 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 i think he's very he, harmful i'm not saying in that. i'm not saying i'm not saying he's harmless i'm saying his harm everybody can see it he's obvious when he's being harmful. yeah but when
0: we're saying he's the other, fun, the, other,
1: the other politicians when they're
0: harmful it's hidden they don't show it That's i agree but he's doing something different from everyone else which he is muddying the water so much that he's discrediting he's attacking the media which is a, a vital you know force in the balance of power in any democracy he's discredit he's harmful in ways that the other politicians are not so much or were not so much and i don't think that uh, yeah but i
1: think that other politicians are now learning from him yeah so i, I exactly. don't think this is and even if he yeah. is this is going to continue as a trend all right saudi arabia <laughs> well-
3: Let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah. So I want to go back to that question about what Saudi Arabia right. gets. So for instance, let me give you an example. Uh, in the last – since the last episode of the Phileas Club, uh, North Korea has tested two missiles. Twice they've had a missile test where uh, the missile has left the ground and flown for over half an hour before returning to Earth, in both cases in the Sea of Japan. And they, they consider it a success. Uh, most of the observers in the rest of the world are like, eh, this is kind of sad. Um, I'm curious well, about. I'm curious about what Saudi Arabia gets in terms of news about that, and and then what it like. What is the tone? What is the meaning that the the news is giving you about it?
1: Well, in Saudi, the the news is basically, of course, the top news is local news. Then we go out to the regional news. We have Syria, we have Egypt, we have Qatar, we have Yemen. Those are all news that we covered always. And then we go out from there. We go out to the US followed by the UK with the Brexit and then everything else comes after that. okay so so that's that's basically what people here follow up. It's local, regional, then international and the international is like I would say 70 80 percent. US politics, brexit those are the top stories mm-hmm. then we move on to the different stories like the the korean uh, story and their mm-hmm. missiles and so on but people don't worry about those too much it's right. it's south it's north korea it's so far it's we don't have anything to do with it we don't really interact it's whatever happens is between north korea and the us mostly and japan and other countries as well so Nobody really keeps tabs on North Korea right now. And, and to be honest, I've, I've mentioned this before. You have different types of people. The majority think North Korea is crazy, but you still have those minorities who think this is a brave person who's leading a country that's opposing the U.S.,
3: which is, which is interesting, you know, because uh, in case you haven't heard, the U.S. and China are kind of allies now. <laughs> 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 sort of allies. Like, I realize that the U.S. spent the second half of the 20, 20th century uh, in proxy wars with China, right? That's yeah. uh, like where North Korea exists because the U.S. couldn't find a way to, to beat China off of that peninsula. But, I, I, it, it, you know, the U.S. and China are partners at the very least now. Uh, and, and and again, I realize there's parts of China where you could go where the people are being told constantly that the U.S. is the big enemy, but it's not a you know it's it's not the thing that that so many people think it is. And I, I'm just like I'm curious, like are there parts of the world like Saudi Arabia where people don't are, aren't anticipating a gigantic disaster when the United States gets dragged into the the coming Korean conflict?
0: Yeah, but it's far. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what's been making the news uh, in, in Saudi Arabia?
1: Then? Uh, uh, well, uh, I think the biggest news, I think everybody already heard of it, which was that we have a new prince in Saudi. Uh, that's the biggest news. Uh, other news that's been happening, going around, uh, mostly about Qatar, uh, the The coverage of the Qatar situation, as everybody knows, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, uh, Bahrain, and the United Arab Emirates have boycotted Qatar. They've closed the borders. They closed their uh, uh, airways and everything. So that's the biggest news, and it's covered almost every single day in Saudi news. So that's the biggest news. Uh, I can't say much about it, uh, mostly because... Officially, if you show any support for Qatar, you could end up in jail and uh, pay a penalty for it so it's that's uh's that so it's of one of those
0: topics that it's probably best not to discuss too much
1: yeah it's best not to discuss too much so you don't want to get the impression that you actually support them or or mm. something like that because uh, of that mm. uh, so those are the basically the news that's going on, and, and it's, it's not really much to say because it's just something that's going on every single day, and it's almost a repeat of the same news, the same news, same news. So there's nothing really to talk about in that situation. I th- if you follow it on BBC, if you follow it on any other international news source, you'll notice it. The biggest thing about Qatar right now is the fact that th- there is a conflicted, message from the United States where Saudis are feeling like Trump supports the boycott of Qatar, while his foreign minister apparently is more diplomatic and is showing more support to Qatar than against Saudi. So there's this uh, sensitive balance that people are trying to figure out what's going on exactly with the US
3: and the region. Mm, I think that's a common sense It's so sad (laughs) <laughs> it, it's really sad isn't it that the united states doesn't have a competent administration who uh, you know like knows anything because there it would have been it would have been so easy in uh, the previous administration for the obama administration to navigate this particular path right i think there to was- be
0: fair for any previous administration
3: it would have been sure, sure, sure. A lot well, uh, easier. Uh, but the, but well, the Bush, least, uh, the Bush administration would have attacked. Uh, the, the Bush administration would have attacked someone, you know? so, <laughs> like, uh, it wouldn't have been. Uh, I guess that you can call that easy, yeah. But it's I'm easier. just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying it's 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 scary and sad because uh, you have no idea when when Trump literally, like, the, he a few weeks ago he went to Saudi Arabia, uh, told the Saudis that the United States supports them a hundred percent in anything they do because he, he doesn't know what they do. And then, and then went to Carter, found out that that place exists, you know, and, and, and said the same thing to, to, different people, you know, went to Israel, said this, said the same thing to different people. And it's, it's just, that's scary and sad, you know, like, like why it, the rest of the world kind of wants the, these leaders to have a consistent policy and uh, you know the Trump administration can't have any policy because they don't know anything. So how, just
0: to finish up on that again, how close are we to total annihilation, in your opinion, Randy? <laughs>
3: I don't. I don't, I, I don't think we're close to total annihilation. <laughs> I don't. The, mm, I mean, I don't
1: okay. How do, close do, are do we do to World War
3: Three? <laughs> I, I. You know. I. 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 I, I I think we're we've long ago we moved into a, a place in this world where we have these regional conflicts and we let them play out as proxy wars, right? So the United States is is kind of in a proxy war with Russia in Syria and and so on. I I I I mean, yes, a madman could could cause a lot of countries to align against a superpower, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I, I it's just not. That you 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 want to look at the past, the recent past, and say more of that is is what's going to happen, right? Okay. And uh, so, so I just think more more proxy wars. Unfortunately, it stinks. But yeah. You
0: know. hmm. Um. All right, Bart, you've been very silent. So now is your time to sign and let us know everything we've said that is dumb.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> um, yes, you but, would. <laughs> Maybe um, no, it's, it's, it's um, you know the news here in Ireland has sort of been dominated by very different things. Um, something I really want to want to mention because frankly, it's a source of pride. So it didn't happen in July; it happened in June. But Ireland became the fourth nation on earth to uh, to have an openly gay head of government, which is our Prime Minister Leo Varadkar. And not only is he an openly gay head of government, he's also an immigrant. He is Irish Indian. Um, He was technically born in Ireland, but his father is Indian. And that barely made the news here. Both of those facts were completely irrelevant. They were like a throwaway sentence. What the discussion was on the news was how his policies differed from his predecessors and whether him becoming prime minister would alter the government's policy on various matters. Was he to the right or to the left of our previous prime minister? How would he do in the next general election? And I thought, oh, my God, how far have we come since I was a child growing up in rural Ireland that having an openly gay immigrant prime minister is not news? Mm. It's just, yeah, whatever. What's his policies like? and I, i'm really proud of ireland for that
3: how did you got, get there yeah i got the, uh, wait a minute i want to know how you got there i got the wrong impression i thought you grew up in belgium uh ah, okay and, so and i have grew now, up in
2: belgium and then i moved to ireland and
3: finished growing up <laughs> oh okay okay that's, a, I mean, that's just a that's a fascinating sure the accent but i mean uh, you know accents change right i that's a fascinating story the the belgium to ireland connection that's just that's fascinating i'm sorry go ahead
2: yeah, so I mean, I just wanted to mention the fact that we've had that big change because culturally, that just proves, I think, the point you were making really early on, Randy, that you know, ten years from now, the world may be really different. And right now, I can't imagine you know America with single pair, but ten years ago, I couldn't imagine a gay Irish prime minister. So, and and that's what uh, I want.
0: I want to hear about a little bit more because, yeah, I do think you know we we have this constant debate between the people who think that everything's worse all the time and the people who think that everything's better all the time. Maybe everything is not the right word, but mostly we're going in the right direction. And I've had this conversation with my mom uh, a few weeks ago. She was visiting us in Finland. And and I've been, you know, trying to explain to her that objectively, statistically, crime is going down, uh, education is going up, poverty is going down, you know, all the... The, the 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 statistical facts are showing that the world is moving in a better place, but for some reason, well, it's not for some reason. I think we all know it's because of the constant news that need to tell us about the things that aren't going well that we think that everything's horrible all the time. Um, and my point is, I do think that things are going a lot better from a, you know, acceptance, peace uh one humanity, kumbaya, let's all hold hands, which no matter how you <laughs> feel about it, is act- if we manage to do it, I think everyone would agree that it's better than if we don't all love each other. I think people who, who would disagree on the kumbaya thing would say, but it, because it doesn't work. So, But everyone would agree if we all love each other, then it's, it's probably better. So mm-hmm. my question then, I get back to my question, how did you get, because my image of Ireland is not that. My image would be, you know, pretty conservative, uh, very attached to Christian values or, you know, um, kind of a religious
2: country. How we got here is not, isn't, well, there's two answers. There's a cynical answer and, well, they're they're probably both half true. So the first thing to happen is that Ireland discovered that if you, have a 12% corporate tax rate, you can get money into the country. And you can then begin to have a middle class. Instead of being a nation of farmers, Ireland became a nation of service industry. In Ireland, the vast, vast majority of people work in the service industry, be it banking, be it IT, be it pharmaceuticals. Which, by the way,
0: is a huge and constant problem for us because we all have companies that that have activity in France but have their offices in Ireland and don't yes. because they don't pay a lot of tax and we are very very angry about this.
2: But- within ten kilometers of my backside, there is Intel, Hewlett Packard. Uh, I think Microsoft have offices here. Basically, I live in Ireland Silicon Valley. You you name a mm-hmm. large company and their logo is somewhere within cycling distance of my house. Um, and so that's the first answer to that question. Ireland became. Cosmopolitan, because of all these people coming in, right? Every every one of those companies brought people from Silicon Valley to Ireland. They also brought money to Ireland, which meant that the Irish began to go abroad more. So that in itself made Ireland more open-minded. But that's only half the answer. That's like a pull towards being more accepting. There was a push. And it was the fact that the Catholic Church in Ireland physically and sexually abused kids for decades with the support of the government. And all when that came out, and that came out in the last 20 years, when that came out, every word the bishop said was ignored. So whether, whatever the bishops were talking about, they were completely undercut because they couldn't speak morally about anything. Because all anyone can think of, you bet the snot out of our children and then you abuse them. And that is why when the church tried to protest about Ireland's gay marriage referendum people didn't listen. When the church tried to protest about Ireland introducing divorce, people didn't listen, because they had completely undermined themselves.
0: I guess that's why I was looking for an easy thing to reproduce somewhere else,
2: but I guess... You don't want to do it that way. You really, really don't want to do it that way. Although, to be fair,
0: I'm sure there have been abuse... Well, it's not I'm sure, there have been abuses and Things like that, but maybe not as pervasive. But sorry, well, the
2: issue asked. is the systematic nature of it. So everyone, yeah. accept, everyone understands that there are bad apples. But the, in Ireland, it wasn't bad apples. It was. It went to the very top to our cardinal, to the archbishops. It, it went all the way up. So th- that was the issue. Basically, what came out in the reports was not that there was ch- abuse, because we knew that. What came out was that when told about the abuse, the churches first priority was to cover it up. And they actually used religious belief to intimidate victims into keeping quiet. If you talk about this, you will go to hell. Now think of that for cruelty. Mm. Followed by, whatever happens, this cannot go to the police. We will deal with this entirely within our organisation because we are above the law. And all we will do is move the priests who do this around. The theory being, if they move around a lot, they will not have time to groom victims. That theory was horse poop. And so what the act, the, the actual effect of that policy was that secret child molesters were moved around the country for decades, giving them fresh access to new victims. I,
3: I mean, it's I, horrific. I, I, really like the, I really like the equation, though, that you're constructing, which is that you find out the truth then you adhere to it, right? Because you, you cultivate a, a, a sensation among the people that you want to know the actual truth. And then you get a gay leader. Like, that's amazing. I love this. I love this. <laughs> I, I I would like for every country to, to go through this, you know? I, I, like, get, get interested in the truth. Get to the bottom of what's actually happening and get mad at it.
2: It's, yeah, well, people certainly did, yeah. And that undercut, all of the normal arguments against gay rights—they were just—they had the legs cut out from under them because people are going, "Why would I believe you on moral matters?" Mm. What's the state of the media now in Ireland? Is there, you
0: know, That's... a lot of polarization? Is there what? What's how's it? No, the,
2: to, the way I would view it is, I it, no, it's not massively polarized. We don't have a Fox News and that kind of thing. It, it's it's quite home drum and boring, the only thing that annoys me about the media here is that they don't dig as deep as I would like into issues. It's it's too superficial. It, it's too, I want a five-second description and then we shall move on. It's like, hang on a sec, but that was a much deeper topic. Why are you moving on already? Yeah. But it's, it's, not, it's not that kind of party political because we're, we're not a very polarized nation politically. We always have coalition governments because we have an electoral system that's that's not first past the post. We have single transferable vote, which means that our parliament pretty accurately represents the views of the people, which means...
3: So how many parties
2: do you have? Like major, like important It varies all all the time. At the moment, we have sort of uh, five significant parties, and then we have a sixth one that kind of annihilated itself, but I'm sure it'll come back. You know, it's um, funny. See,
0: we always get back to to that, um, and this is as we've discussed on the show something we've had an issue with, and maybe we'll get back into into that with you, Bart, at some point in the future. But
2: it, I would love it, to describe our election system because it's quite unusual because it's it actually achieves a reasonable mapping between parliament and the people's actual views.
0: Well, let let's get into it now, if you want, because as as, sure. as we've discussed, the the biggest problem. In the dysfunctioning, the the feelings of non functioning governments is that the, the people feel they don't represent their views. And when you only have two options, it's much more likely that they're not going to be representing your views. And in France, we've had you know different parties for a long time, but two major parties which obliterated themselves as well. So yeah, how how does it work for you guys in Ireland?
2: So when we go to vote, we're presented with a a ballot paper with all of the people in our constituency. So so the country is broken into constituencies by population and it's X amount of thousand people per representative with, with a margin on it. And every time there's a census they have to redraw so that you never have places which have too much or too little representation. And they're all either three or five seats. So if they become more than five by population, they get chopped into two threes. And within each constituency, everyone votes... And you don't tick a box. What you do is you rank as many people as you want. You don't have to, but you you could just give one person a number one and stop. But you're allowed to keep going. You give your first preference, second preference, third preference, fourth preference, fifth preference, sixth preference, seventh. As long as you would like to keep, keep giving preferences, you keep giving preferences until you stop. And then when they count the votes, they start with everyone's first preference vote. And if there's, say, five, if it's a 5C constituency and one person gets over 20 percent, they are deemed elected. And then those votes are gone. So if you voted for that person and your second preference doesn't count because you got your first preference. So why would your second preference count? Then you count the rest of the, then you take the person who's bottom and you eliminate them. You say, OK, well, you're last now, so you're gone. And you take their second preference votes and you distribute them. And then you see if someone is elected and then you kill the bottom person, distribute their votes. Count again. Kill the bottom person. Distribute their votes. And you keep going until all the seats are full. And so you can vote for someone who you think is unlikely to be elected knowing that your vote isn't wasted because you just keep ranking them in order. And so you can safely vote for an independent like a Bernie Sanders style character because it's not a wasted vote. And the fact that you can actually vote how you feel knowing you're not wasting your vote. It makes all the difference in the world because then it becomes possible for independents. We now have a minority government where there are independents who are not in any political party, not just in... They're not just in government. They're in cabinet. We have ministers who are not members of political parties. And that's and so only possible.
0: That, that's, that's a really interesting voting system which a lot of people have been arguing for in in France as well saying that the representation is a real issue um and also and, in Canada
3: Canada uh, there the the left in Canada all want that sort of voting system
0: right i think it makes a lot of sense the and and one of the issues i have with it when they talk about it in France for this last last election is that it wouldn't have changed the result and a lot of people are saying oh but you know are kind of using this argument trying to say kind of it would have been, we would have been happier if we had had that system implying because our guy would have gotten in, but really it wouldn't have changed the result. Macron, I think with that system, would still have been
2: elected. Anyway, that's beside the point. But the problem, 20 years from now is when but, the difference is, right? Because, right, yeah, but yeah. The electoral so, system no, determines how many you, parties about. Exactly. And you can't but, apply it to the wait, wait, last
3: election anyway. No, of course, you can't of course. You can't apply it because because then if it had Obviously. been in place, the, uh, the 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 things leading up to the election would have happened differently.
0: I think the, of course, but uh, the the this is something that the, uh, especially the left-wing, the extreme left-wing parties are using to sort of delegitimize the uh, authority of uh, the current government. They're saying, oh, but Mm. it doesn't matter because it's not representative, kind of, which it would be Mm. a whole other debate. I think one of the issues that can happen with this kind of, um, of system becomes that you don't, you know, you don't manage to form a majority because the uh, yes. the house is too different. There aren't enough. You know, there's not one big party. There aren't two big parties. There can be four or five, and they don't, uh, you know, agree to to anything like what is happening in the Netherlands
2: right now. Um, has that yeah. does that happen? Do you have a way <clears throat> to fix it? Or we well normally okay. So after an election, there is always a negotiation. And generally speaking, there's been two possible outcomes. So the first outcome is that there are parties who agree with each other enough to just get together and form a plain old traditional coalition government. Uh, We've had many of those since I've been living in Ireland and they generally work pretty well. Uh, What happened a few times is that that wasn't possible. So instead, we have a minority government who separately negotiate different policies with different parties. So... You basically say that on the issue of taxation, we will negotiate a deal with these guys and they'll hold us up. And on the issue of education, we'll negotiate a deal with the old guys and they'll hold us up. And what you actually end up with is much more compromise in a, in a sensible way, because it means that our education policy represents half the country. Our tax policy represents half the country. They just happen to be different halves because you're having separate negotiations.
3: Oh, it sounds so wonderful. Yeah, I want to go live there. Okay, it hang on so though, right? Amazing. So
2: yes, it is effective. However, it is not sexy. It is the very opposite of sexy. What it is, is like watching a sausage being made. So in terms of the effect on the country, it's quite positive. In terms of how it makes you feel, no, it's not going to get you, yes, I'm getting out of bed. It, it's not. No, it's really quite boring. It's very bureaucratic. No, it's bureaucrats. It's very, yeah, exactly, bureaucrats having right. discussions and being doing what
0: they're paid to do, which is their boring policy jobs, which crunch numbers and and have discussions to get people to agree on something.
2: Yeah. So it's not flag waving. It's not chest dumping. It's not uh, national pride and stuff. It's way more boring than that. Way more boring.
0: Yeah, I agree. It sounds kind of boring in that way, but it also sounds like a country or a system that is sensible. And it's sad, but the fact that Having something that is sensible is something to cheer for because it's so rare. Apparently,
2: is is still uh, something that is happening. Sure, um, and, and, and it's and, not you know, a utopia, right? Ireland is not a utopian place, right? Uh, this week, okay, we now have... you're now you're starting to co- get back,
0: come back on your on your promises. No, I'm not. I thought so, you right? were saying just because it's you sold better. me a
2: wonderful paradise <laughs> on earth, Bart. There we go. There's the problem, right? Don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. We have a good system, but it's far from perfect. We had a major city with no water for six days because the government abolished water charges to try to win an election 20 years ago, and now no one can reintroduce them, which means we have no money to pay for water infrastructure, (laughs) which means that literally a water main exploded and it took a week to get it fixed. So it's far from a utopia. But Did it's people not agree the to get the, of, the, the water charge back in after that, or that is now an open question. Okay, well. that has fresh. That is now the big thing we're <laughs> dealing with as a country. We're now kind of going. Oh, oh, I see. So you mean when it's free, it's not really free. All right. Well, I think that will have to be the end of our conversations because I, I know
0: you guys uh, have to be somewhere, uh, and we've been uh, joking. For I was that.
1: just sitting here trying to figure out what these elections you talk about. I don't know what <laughs> elections are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> are there talks about elections and you know things like that? Like I, I don't know if you can talk to this, but are are people saying democracies lead to craziness like Trump, or are they saying, well, maybe some measure of democracy would be good?
1: It depends on who you talk to. It's kind of divided situation here. So the People conversation at, kind
0: of exists somewhere. Yeah,
1: it exists because we mostly don't look internationally. We look locally in the region for elections. And the best example of an election would be in Kuwait. Kuwait is actually, uh, they have a parliament that is uh, freely elected. And the thing is, uh, but they don't have parties. Parties are illegal in Kuwait. Uh, what makes those elections interesting is you don't really like, let's say, 20 percent of people who get elected actually deserve being elected because they're good at what they do or something. But 80 percent of the people elected are only elected because they are from a specific tribe and all of their tribal people voted for them. They're from a specific sect, all of the the sect followed them because they're a leader of a sect leader and so on so they only vote most of the people voted into their don't even deserve being there it's just who they are that put them in mm. that position
0: so i guess you look at that and probably the situation would be somewhat similar in saudi Arabia. If most there was likely some,
1: most mm. likely it will be very similar to that and then we look to other elections but this is this is the closest thing that we think would happen in Saudi if we have those elections. And and the religious uh, elite would most likely take at least 50% of the parliament here in Saudi if there is free elections. Mm.
0: All right. Okay. Well, we are going to stop the show uh, here. I would like to thank all three of you for being on and having this lively and uh, interesting conversation. Uh, before we leave, of course, uh, let's go around the, the giant planet-sized table and uh, ask where we can find more of you on the internet, starting with our American friend, American uh, Hulkish Avenger, Randy Deluxe. <laughs> it's um, Twitter
3: dot, Twitter <laughs> dot com slash Randy Deluxe. And I can't help myself. I just keep... Uh, talking about the American news of the day on twitter.com slash randy deluxe so enjoy
2: (laughs) thank you sir um bart what about you uh, you'll find my personal website at bartb.ie, and I do two podcasts: Let's Talk Apple and Let's Talk Photography, which are both entirely free of politics. Which is why I love when you invite me on because <laughs> I have this bubbling up inside me for months and months and months and months and months. And then you let me let it out, and, and then I have to build it up again.
3: I so want anyway. to. I want to thank Bart for giving us the news that Ireland is a utopia. I'm so glad to hear. <laughs> you can about- add it to
2: Denmark and the other places <laughs> that the American left loves so much.
3: Yeah. Yes. Perfect. Thank
2: you. You know, you know, it's it's funny because
0: I actually didn't. That is not the way I saw Ireland. I know it changed a lot in the past twenty oh, or 40 yeah. years, uh, but that is not how I saw it at all. And once again, it's a, another proof that we should really look at where things are working, which countries uh, things are going well, including the uh, Scandinavian countries and the Nordic countries, and uh, maybe get some inspiration of those. I've been trying to convince my French uh, compatriots of this for a number of months and years, and it's not an easy task. But hopefully we (laughs) make progress all together, at least on this show. Um, Turkey, what about yourself?
1: Well, you can find me on Twitter at Turkey double A.
0: Perfect. You even clapped to uh, make a dramatic conclusion to that uh, Twitter name. I like
3: it. Um. <laughs> by, by the way, I, uh, I just want to clarify something I said earlier. The there, uh, the episode of the podcast I want everyone to listen to is called Fear and Loathing in Homer and Rockville. It's The, the podcast is This American Life. The episode is Fear and Loathing in Homer and Rockville. And I promise you... It will blow your mind. They uh, a, a conservative American goes on the internet, learns a bunch of things, and then gets put in touch with a European who actually knows the facts, and it's amazing. You should listen to it. The title once again: Fear and Loathing in Homer and Rockville. Excellent. <laughs> cool. um, and uh,
0: for me, it's not Patrick on uh, Twitter, and you can also find me on um, Facebook. And you can also find this show at uh, Frenchspin.com. You can uh, l- listen to another show that I do, which is Pixels about gaming. It's also, I would say, m- almost entirely free of uh, politics. And uh, if you <laughs> want, <laughs> sometimes, you know, I might say one or two things, small sometimes,
1: things. Sometimes? Sometimes.
0: I, 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 I don't talk about politics a lot on that show, do I? On Pixels? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah.
3: No. Well, it's it's you're you're talking about modern art, and you can't help but talk about politics. I might talk right? about
0: representation a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Some yeah. some of those yeah. types of topics a little <laughs> bit. Uh, and also, if you enjoy the show and you think it's worth uh, uh, your your two hours or hour and a half uh, of entertainment and uh, discussions from things that you might not have heard about otherwise, you might want to support it financially. And you can do that at patreon.com slash the Phileas Club. I'm not going to spell Phileas for you, (sighs) but it's (laughs) the uh, link is available in the show notes on the website and in the show notes of the uh, podcast itself. So you can probably go into your uh, podcast reading app and get to the show notes there and from there. Go to the Patreon page. Uh, there are more than three hundred of you guys supporting the show, and I can't tell you how much it means to me that you decide that your hard-earned cash, whether or not you know you are from one side or the other, or you know one side of the other, I was going to say of the political aisle or of the planet, uh, you decide that your hard-earned cash is well spent uh supporting this this show and this little effort uh that i do here so thank you so much and if you think if you haven't done it yet then maybe you might want to look into it and again it's at patreon.com slash the phileas club that is going to be it for us i hope everyone is having a wonderful summer or winter if you're on the other hemisphere and we will talk to you again in a few weeks